hello and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome. Welcome. It's good to see you. Merry Christmas. It's great to be together and it's pretty easy to take togetherness for granted, isn't it? And just to always assume we'll be together, and uh, let's don't always assume that, and let's take advantage of the opportunities we have to be together and to uh, enjoy each other and to enjoy uh, this amazing time of year when we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we hope that you're going to have a good evening. The rain has been amazing, and it's, it's been a, a welcome break, and we thank God for providing the rain. And as Pastor Rod says, it, it is very likely that the travel of Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Bethlehem could have been during rainy season. And so maybe this will be a, a memorable time for us to remember that when the rain came, as Pastor Rod said, uh, it could have been a night just similar to this. So it's a pretty amazing thing. Thank you for being here. This past September, September the 23rd to be exact, Noreen Redberg. Noreen Redberg found a 4.38 carat yellow diamond. She found this yellow diamond at the Crater Diamond State Park in Murfreesboro, Arkansas, just some three months ago. She's there with her husband, and she comes across this four-carat diamond. It is interesting that the diamond has been estimated value. There are more diamonds that have come out of this park at over $20,000. And you're thinking, I am never that person. And you may be thinking, I never even know those people that that kind of stuff happens to. But what a find, right? What, a, what an interesting thing. And here she is with a picture of the diamond. It's, it's about the size, of, it's a, a, about the size of, a, of a jelly bean. And I'm sure she was excited to find this diamond. But I want to submit to you that That the story, the Christmas story, where Luke records these shepherds finding Jesus far outweighs finding any diamond. Far outweighs finding any gold. Jesus is the ultimate treasure. He is what we are looking for, even when we don't know we're looking. In the Christmas story, in the book of Luke, chapter 2, a couple things I want us to see there in in verse 12, where the angels are having a conversation with the shepherds, right? They're in this conversation. And, And notice in verse 12 what happens. And the angels are speaking to the shepherds, and they say this, And you will recognize him by this sign. You're going to find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Go down to verse 16 and look at what 
happens in the rest of the story. The scripture says they hurried. Say that with me. They hurried. It's a season of, of hurry, isn't it? It's a season of rush. And, and it was for the shepherds as well. Once they understood what was happening, once they understood that the angels had made this announcement that the Messiah was going to be born, they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. What a find. And there they found the baby who was lying in a manger. Isn't it pretty fascinating that, that we have a, a baby, right? You, you've probably held a baby at some point, maybe your own child or maybe a grandchild or the child of a friend, and you've, you've held a baby. You, you've seen a baby, yes? Most of us were one at one time. And, and, and you, you hold that baby and, and you look at that baby and you see the, the, it's helpless, it's innocent. It's a, it's a baby. It's a baby. Back when you could make hospital visits before the pandemic, when we would go see friends or relatives who would have babies, I always had a hospital rule. I have many hospital rules. One is I do not hold other people's babies. I do not want to be responsible for a baby. You've held a baby. They're fragile. They're innocent. They're helpless. And here we have the shepherds hurrying, and, and they, they find the baby. But it's not just any baby. I mean, all babies are amazing. All babies are special. All babies are an incredible gift of God to be loved, respected, and honored, and cherished. All children are exceptional. But this is an exceptional, exceptional baby. Scripture says he, he's more than just a baby. He's, he's God clothed in flesh and in blood. He, he, he's God who put on a robe and he put on a pair of sandals and we see him as a baby this time of year but he's more than that when I think about Jesus as a baby I ran across this picture a couple weeks ago and it's kind of interesting uh, the top says well if it isn't Joseph and Mary the mother on the left riding her camel I think or a donkey says our son is an honor student One in the middle, middle on the camel says, our son is in medical school. Pretty impressive. Mary's donkey says, our son is God. Now think about the responsibility of raising a baby who is going to come and he is the Messiah. The responsibility, this is no ordinary child. One man said that Jesus, while he was here, was was never less than God and never more than man. That he was man as God intended man to be. This is no ordinary child. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, Jesus Christ was possessed of more true greatness in a stable than any other king ever possessed in a palace. He's an extraordinary baby. Verse 11 tells us these extraordinary elements about this baby. The angels mentioned three things regarding this baby. First of all, that he is the Savior. He's not a Savior. Scripture says he is the Savior. He's the one who rescues. He's the one who delivers. And in the context of Jesus Christ, speaking specifically 
of the power and the penalty of sin on our lives, that Jesus has come to rescue, to deliver those who will believe from the power and the penalty. Then the angel says he's also the Messiah, meaning the anointed one, but it means more than the anointed one. It means one with an assignment, one who has an appointment, one who has has a mission in life. And Jesus himself said, I've come to seek and to save those who are lost. And then the angel said he's, he's more than Savior and Messiah. He said he's also the Lord, the Kyrios. And, and this is a fascinating term. It means supreme one, uncontested power and authority. You see, Jesus, this baby grew up to be a man. And, and, and this man who walked this earth did so with no sin in his life. And he died a sacrificial death at the hand of the Romans. And the scriptures tell us that on the third day, he he rose again out of that grave. And we begin to understand his love for us. It's actually incomprehensible. How much that this Jesus loves us and and how we must understand that, that a part of the Father's plan is that Jesus was born, that he would die so that we could live. Understand that. He was born to die so that we could live. And it's on the cross that Jesus bore our sin and our sorrows, our fears, our failures, our brokenness. He bore all of that on that cross. For those who would believe in this Jesus would receive forgiveness, would receive redemption, would receive uh, this peaceful relationship with God the Father. That's this Jesus. And that's what the shepherds found when they found this Jesus. Oh, his love is incomprehensible. Jesus is in a conversation in John chapter 3 with a religious man. You may be familiar with the conversation, and Jesus says to this religious man, For God so loved the world. It's a big world, isn't it? (laughs) It's a vast world. But what if we took those first few words and, and said something like this? For God so loved Greg. So I want us to do an exercise, okay? I want you to say this out loud. And when we get to the word loved, I want you to verbalize your name. We're going to do it out loud, okay? You're like, Pastor, that's awkward. I know it is. (laughs) Awkwardness is okay. You ready? For God so loved Greg. Good. You want to try it again? Some of you aren't sure your name. Maybe get your license out, get your phone out, say, okay, this is me. All right, let's try it one more time. For God so loved Greg. Yeah. He loved us. He loved me. That that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in this Jesus would not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus goes on to tell the religious man, He's like, He goes on, He says in verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. No, but that the world through Him might be saved. It's a powerful, powerful love. It's an incomprehensible love. It's a love that we see in Jesus, and, 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 and it begins with faith. And somebody in the room might say, I'm not a person of faith. I, I'm not a person of faith. Can I respectfully, lovingly push back a little bit of that thought? You're like, Pastor, I'm not a person of faith. Actually, everyone in this room is a person of faith. Actually, everyone in this room has exercised faith since you've been in this room. Just a moment ago, when we asked you to be seated, I didn't see anyone get on their hands and knees and start examining the chair that you sit in. Now, you might have. I just didn't see it. Did anybody see anyone examining the chair? 
No. No. But do you know who designed that chair? Have you met the person who manufactured the chair? No. Have you met the man or the woman who built the chair, put the chair together? Do you know them? No. But yet you sit down without hesitation, without reservation. When, you said, when we said sit down, you probably said, it's about time I'm sitting down. I was longing to sit down, and you sit down. You never thought twice about it. You just sit down. You know what that's called? Faith. That's an act of faith. Is it not? Sure it is. How many of you have flown on a commercial airplane since 9-11? Would you raise your hand? Okay. Most of us have been on a commercial aircraft since 9-11. How many of you have flown on an aircraft prior to 9-11? Would you raise your hand? That's most of us. You remember those days? You would board that commercial airline, and generally, you would look toward the cockpit. Do you remember that? You're looking toward the cockpit, and a lot of times, the cockpit door would be open, and you could look into the cockpit, and every now and then, you might see a pilot sitting in that cockpit. Sometimes the pilot would stand in the door of the cockpit so that you would see there is a pilot here. The post-9-11, generally, most of the time, you board the plane, you look toward the cockpit, what do you see? You see a door. You see a steel door. And have you ever gone to that steel door and knocked, say, hey, is anybody in there? No, you haven't. Have you asked the stewardess, hey, ma'am, sir, did, did you see a pilot? Get on this plane. You've never asked that, have you? You may have thought it. You're boarding an aircraft that's going to fly at 30,000 feet over 500 miles an hour. Who knows where you're going, and yet you're going to tell me you're not a person of faith. You've not even seen the pilot, have you? You're not sure what's behind the door. You don't know what's back there, who's back there, but you believe there's someone on the other side of that door who can fly that airplane, true? If you didn't believe that, what would you do? You'd get off or you wouldn't board the plane. Here's the kicker. When you board that plane and you get seated in into a seat, by the way, someone who designed that seat, manufactured that seat, made that seat, you never met. You live by faith every day. Generally, you'll hear this announcement. I'm your captain. Today, here's the flight plan, right? We're going to fly at this speed, this altitude. Here's the weather. We'll be there at this time. Thank you for flying with whoever you're flying with. Did you ever think to yourself, I wonder if that's recorded? No, you didn't. You never thought, is that, is that recorded? I hear a man speaking. I hear a woman speaking, but I don't see them. And yet, you try to convince people, I'm not a person of faith. Sure you are. We're all people of faith. It's a part of the human experience. There's, there's faith in every element, in every walk of life. Elton Trueblood said this, faith is not belief without proof. It is trust without reservation. Because people want to prove, you show me, you show me. When I see, I believe. And even though we board airplanes, we sit in seats, we drive vehicles, we eat food, let's level the playing field and just say we're people of faith. It's interesting to note that this Jesus, when he came in this baby, that, that we find love and forgiveness and hope and peace, and there are people searching right now for Jesus. They don't even know they're searching for Jesus. 
They know there's something stirring in their spirit, that there's, there's a voice, there's something happening in them, and, and they don't understand that God's at work in their life. And you know the scripture says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Jesus. Have you found this Jesus? Are, are you, would you classify yourself in the group of the shepherds who have hurried, they heard the news, and they ran, and they found this Jesus, his love, his grace, his forgiveness. Wow. What a treasure. What a find. Probably about three years ago, somewhere in that time frame, my wife came to me and says, Greg, I want to get you a new wedding ring. I'm like, okay. All right. Now, when I heard those words, I thought, hmm, what am I to do with this? Am I to say, Oh, honey, guess what? I was thinking the same thing for you. Is, you know, guys, you know, guys, you understand, right? They say something, you've got to let that go through the filter, and you're like, and I know there's an answer. I'm just going to take a shot at this. Honey, I've been looking at rings for you, too. So I wasn't sure if that was she was asking, and I was thinking to myself, you mean that service merchandise ring did I ring a bell with anybody? Servants merchandise ring that I purchased over 30 years ago. You mean that's not cutting the mustard any longer? That's what I was thinking to myself. She's like, she's like I want to get you a ring. I want to get you one of these, these cool silicone wedding bands. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, all the young people are wearing them. I think our son had one. Maybe Chris had one. And she's like, yeah, all the cool people have them. I'm like, well, that counts me out immediately. I don't even classify as cool. She says, I want to get you one. I go, okay. She says, what size ring do you wear? I'm like, I, I don't know. It's been a while. It's been over 30 years since I had a ring, and I don't know. And by the way, I like the one you gave me. I like this one, the old school gold. Anybody else have the old school gold? Yeah, the old school. This is good. It works. It's enough. You gave it to me, you know, at our wedding day. It's fine. I caved in. I'm like, okay, let's, I'll go. She's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Let's go to Dick's Sporting Goods at Arrowhead Mall, and, and let's at least try some rings on and see what size. I'm like, all right. So we reluctantly make our way to Dick's Sporting Goods at Arrowhead Mall. You've got to love a place where you can buy golf tees, uh, sunflower seeds, and wedding rings, right? <laughs> Dick's Sporting Goods has it all. Like, all right, we can get all kinds of things at Dick's Sporting Goods. So and, and if you come in from the, the parking lot side of Dick's, you walk through the front doors, and kind of to the left is the... It's a little ring kiosk for these silicone rings. Anybody else have one of these silicone rings? Okay. All right. So we make our way to the kiosk. We get to the kiosk, and I'm, I'm going to try on rings. I'm looking for the right size. So I take this ring, take my gold ring off, just set it on the kiosk, and, man, I go to town. By the way, they're hard to get on and off, right? They're hard to get on and off. And, and, and I would do it for you now, but it, it would gross you out a little bit. It's one of those things, you know, you kind of got to wet the finger a little bit. It, you get the picture? I don't mind doing it, but I think we're actually recording this one, so I won't, I won't do it. So they're kinda, and so we're trying them on, and, and, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, there's the size. That's the one. Sharon's like, let's get it. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Let's pray about it. In Christianese, when someone says they're praying about it, that means they're clueless. 
right? Like, oh, let's pray about this. And she, they're like 30 bucks. I'm like, all right, let's, let's sleep on it. Let's don't rush into this thing, honey. So we leave uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, and we're driving around. I think it's a Friday afternoon, and, and we're driving around. And I started thinking about that ring. I'm like, yeah, maybe I should get the ring. I want to be cool, right? I want to be hip. I'm not going skinny jeans, if that's what it means. But anyway, I'm like, yeah, that, you know what? It, it might, that may be a good play. It'd be kind of cool. I could freshen up a little bit. And so we're driving around, and it's probably an hour, hour and a half later, and we may have been out in this area, and I'm, I'm, you know, got, I'm driving, and I look at my ring finger. I'm dreaming about this special ring. And as I look at my ring finger, I'm like, hmm, something's missing. What's missing is my original ring. The original OG is missing. So now I've got a little bit of a dilemma. Do I tell Sharon I've lost the OG? She didn't like it anyway, apparently. I'm like, honey, uh, do you have my, my ring, my wedding ring? She's like, I don't think so. Let me, let, you know, she digs through her purse and pulls out gums and all kinds of stuff, you know, mints and toothpicks and small children are flying out of the purse. And she's like, I don't think I have your ring. I'm like, oh, what did I do with, oh, wait a minute. I do remember where the ring is. So we hightail it back to Dick's Sporting Goods at Arrowhead Mall. I pull up there to the front entrance. I'm not looking for a parking spot now. I'm just pulling to the front entrance. So I pull the front entrance. I put the car in park, and I try to hightail it into Dick's Sporting Goods. I'm making a beeline for the kiosk. And as I make my way to the kiosk, it's kind of a tall kiosk, especially when you're 5'7". <laughs> that doesn't help matters. And, and I, could, I could see my ring sitting in the middle on the top of that kiosk. And I thought, I found it. I, I, I found the treasure. I found the one. I, I was elated. I was excited. I was joyful. I was relieved. I was relieved. I had found it, and I, I ran in, and I hurried. I'm like, that's the ring. That's the one I want. That's the one. She gave me some 30 years ago. And that's the ring that matters to me. Not some silicone hip ring, but the original ring. That's what matters. And I was excited. I ran out of Dick's Sporting Goods like the shepherds, right? Hey, I'm pumped. I got the ring back. I found what I was looking for. Isn't it awesome to find what you're looking for? That's what happens in the Christmas story. The shepherds find exactly what they are looking for. It's a great feeling, isn't it? Well, how do you find this Jesus? How, how do you find this Jesus? Scripture tells us. One thing we got to do is we got to admit that we need this Jesus. We have to admit, I can't save myself. I can't do this on my own. We admit that, that we have violated God's law. Scripture calls it sin. Right? And, and we have violated His law. We've missed the mark. Scripture tells us that, that we have been separated from God's love through sin. So we must acknowledge that I need a Savior. I can't save myself. Then we need to believe that Jesus is who He says He is. Right? We, we believe who He says He is. It, it's amazing how, how culturally and how globally that we believe that in this baby Jesus, that's an easy story for us to believe in. But 
But a baby who grew up and around the age of 33 gave his life willfully on a Roman cross, that's a little more difficult for us to get our arms around. Wouldn't you agree? So you've got to believe he is who he says he is. He's this Savior, this Messiah, this Lord. And then the Scripture says you've got to confess that with your mouth. There's a, there's a time of confession. You're like, Pastor, I'm a secret believer. There's no secret believers. There is a public confession of faith in this Jesus. In fact, the Apostle Paul says it this way in Romans 10, 9, and 10. He says, if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart. I've read this scripture, I can't tell you how many times. And it just hit me recently. The belief happens in the heart, not the mind. Isn't that amazing? Because we think we believe in our minds. Actually, the scripture calls us to believe in our heart, that he is Lord. And when we do that, and he was raised from the dead, we will be saved. For it's with our heart that we believe and are justified. It's with our mouth that we make profession of faith and are saved. That's why this Jesus came. It's great to celebrate this birth, but we want to recognize his life, his death, and his resurrection. I want to invite you tonight as I close our time together just to step across the line of faith. Maybe you're searching. It's been a crazy few years, wouldn't you say? Newsflash. It's going to stay crazy. No matter what clears up, what happens, it's going to stay that way. So instead of waiting for life to settle down and come together and why don't we just turn our lives over to Jesus? Some of you are searching. You're, you're hurting. You're lonely. You're, you're confused. You're searching for life. You're searching for truth. You're, you're searching for answers. What, what is my life about? Why am I here? Jesus answers all of those questions. All of those questions. And I'm going to invite you tonight. I know it's Christmas Eve. I would be remiss not to end our conversation with the opportunity for you, if God speaks to you, to say yes to Jesus. Will you pray with me? I ask you as we close, just bow your heads just for a moment. If you'd like to say yes to this Jesus, you say, Pastor, I have a lot of questions. I'm not sure. I understand. It takes faith to cross this line and say yes to Jesus. And I want you to, if you're ready to cross that line of faith, I just want to lead you in a, in a conversation with Jesus, a prayer. Where, where you begin taking those steps and giving your life to Him. So just, if you're ready to cross the line of faith, just pray this to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I acknowledge my sin and how that sin has separated me from God. I confess that sin. I turn from that sin, Jesus, and I turn my life to you. I believe you are who you say you are, that you're a God's son. You were raised from the dead on the third day. And I am confessing you as Lord of my life. I'm no longer in charge of my life, Jesus. You are. I invite you, Father, I believe in my heart, Jesus, that you are who you say you are. Come into my life. Make me the person that you want me to be. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In your name I pray this, Jesus. Amen. Listen, if you prayed something like that or in your heart, you're like, 
I want to give my life to Jesus. We invite you to come share that with us. I'll be here at the end of the service. Pastor Rod is here. We want to hear that conversation. Like, Pastor, I, I, I'm not there yet. Come talk to us anyway. Let's have a conversation. Let us pray with you. Jesus is the most incredible treasure you will ever find. Let's not leave here tonight without knowing that He's our treasure and we've invited Him into our lives. So a couple things I'd ask you to do. Come see one of us after the service. Have a little booklet I'd love to share with you. You can find out more what it is to know Christ, follow Christ, and become that disciple He's called you to become. Or complete a connection card. It's in the back of the chair in front of you. We have a really nice connection table in the foyer, a welcome table. You can take that card there. If you give us information, email or phone number, we'd be glad to follow up with you and just start a conversation about what it means to really follow Jesus Christ, really follow Christ. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.